Hey guys, I'm Javen Bailey, and you're listening to Pathfinders. I think for these next few weeks will be depression. Here, what is the what is depression to you? You can see at the top of the outline we had a few questions. It says, "What's the difference between feeling low or in my feelings versus depression? Is there even a difference? Uh, is it a sin to be depressed? How is it that a Christian can be depressed? And can the pressures of living uh, a Christian life cause depression?" Um, so let me read this first part, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys a question for you to answer. It says, "What is depression?" Uh, depression is intense sadness, including feeling worthless, hopeless, and helpless, which lasts for many days or weeks, and it keeps you from living your life. What are the symptoms of depression? Sadness, irritability, frustration, focusing on small matters, inability to have fun, loss of interest on, in daily activities, insomnia, which means you can't sleep, or excessive sleeping, overeating, loss of, loss of appetite, restlessness, angry outbursts, slow thinking, slow movements, indecisiveness, easily distracted, trouble concentrating, fatigue, loss of energy, feelings of worthlessness, feelings of guilt, fixation of past failures, crying for no reason, thoughts of suicide, thoughts of death, and physical pain. So with, with this expression, with this definition right here, with how many of you all felt like you have experienced depression before? You feel like with these symptoms right here, you feel like you, you you've experienced depression, you all, in, in some kind of way. Okay, so with these things right here, we were really just trying to get to the point of it, and we're asking one of these questions on here, is it a sin to be depressed? And we, we talk about it having a lot of different causes, different there's different triggers for different people, and we, we talk about the, the pressures of the world that can cause depression. And we said that, what did we say? We said it's not a sin to be depressed. I don't think it's a sin to be depressed. I think it's what manifests from that. And in your attitude, your actions, how you treat others. Okay. Well, I was thinking about that after class, or mm -hmm. I was trying to look at the shit stuff. And I was thinking, like, is it not a sin to allow yourself to get to the point of depression? Well, a lot, some of it is. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think it's kind of like how the Bible talks about, like, anger. Like, it's not a sin to be angry, because, I mean, it's going to happen, but. It's what comes after, or like what you do when you're angry that can become a sin. And I think like for like it just depends on the person. Like depression sometimes it can't be controlled. Yeah. A lot of times it's you know what I'm saying. So it is a clinically di diagnosed disease. Go ahead. One thing I'll say is when you're aware of whatever that is, and you continue to let it run your life, mm -hmm. I think that's what makes. That's kind of what I'm saying. And then that leads to depression. Mm -hmm. Like when you're aware and you allow yourself to wallow yeah. in that. Yeah. yeah. And the stuff that you, like I said, the stuff that you were looking for, like a lot of stuff is vanity. We're not supposed to be concerned with that anyway, but a lot of people get depressed over their looks or, you know, not being as good as someone else and so, and you want to nurse your ego. You know, a lot of people want to be good just so they can have this ego about themselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That can, that can cause depression. Mm -hmm. so, cause bitterness. Yeah, that, that can cause that. So a lot of times, so it's kind of a tricky line. A lot, of, a lot of stuff you can't help. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of times in situations that you're brought up in circumstances and you see other people's lives, it can get you down. You know what I'm saying? It seems unfair when you don't understand. But I think depression also, the offset of depression is, is understanding. I think that's what it is. A lot of depression comes from why me or why is this happening and you don't have the answers for that. But I think God can give understanding that that's what us as Christians have to realize. So once we get like that, to be depressed, we got to find that understanding in God's word and through prayer 
for him to help us through that and you know and, and make that better. And that's why I wanted to have like some some Bible figures, some biblical application because mm -hmm. if when you realize that when I present the question, how can I be a Christian and get depressed? Because, you know, the Bible teaches us as, as a Christian, we're supposed to have Christ, we're supposed to be happy, you know, it, it's, it, put, it comes at you like that in that way. But when you look at people like Job and like David and like Moses and Elijah and Jeremiah, a lot of men, all the prophets, they dealt with this. The Bible doesn't necessarily call it Paul. They don't call it depression. They say despair, downtrodden. These type, they use these type of words, but it means the same thing. And like even the whole, and we're gonna get to Job. He's one of the people that I pick. When you're dealing with certain, when certain people in the Bible was dealing with these things, they talked to God, and they was like, "Why me?" Like they was going in, you know. And it wasn't necessarily the state of their depression that was the sin. I think what comes out of that, and that's what we have to be aware of. How Some we, were ripping their hair and tearing. Their I know, clothes off. tear their clothes off. So. Being depressed necessarily is not a problem because that's a, I think that's a natural emotion that we all at some point in our life is going to deal with in some type of way. It's just how you, I think, how you, you recover from it. You know, and that's why I wanted to do this because a lot of us may be dealing with this. Our family members may be dealing with these things and we don't recognize it. It's some, this one of these things we don't talk about in the black community, let alone in church. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of us may think, man, they just being mean. And it can be something underlying in there mm -hmm. that you may not realize that depression is a real issue that Christians deal with all yeah. the time. Just because you're a Christian and you have Christ and Christ lives in you don't mean that you won't deal with these things. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a natural thing to do. And that's why I wanted to do this. I'm not saying, you know, when you get depressed, like, don't don't be depressed. No. To prevent it. To, it's not a, this is not to prevent depression. This is how understand to that understand that you are depressed and, and how, how to, to, deal with, to deal with maybe deal with it and get out of it. Mm -hmm. This is why really what this is for. Because I feel like it's a, it's a mental state. It is. You can't, life, I'm not saying prevent depression. Some, no, I'm saying why aren't you saying? Why are we well, not trying, we to trying to prevent it? There's some situational things in life that come like there's a clinical aspect of what well, we talked about mm -hmm. the hormone imbalance and those are things you can't control. Mm -hmm. There are some situational things in life like death, the loss of a job, the loss of a, you know a child or or anything like that. You know, you getting in an argument with your best friend, losing just transitional things so that I happen think in I'm life. Confused on like the definition of depression versus like. Long-term sadness, or if that depression is, is long-term sadness. That's what it is. Okay. I, I, think, I think it comes in different forms for different mm -hmm. people. Like, yeah. She said some is like actual issue and some is situational. Is that what you mean? Everybody's probably going to feel it at some point in time, but how long it lasts is up to you. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the best way I can I can put it. Everybody's going to have depressing situations. Whether it's like she said, death or whatever, there's gonna be things that take make you go down. But how you handle it will determine how long you stay in that state. So we're not saying we're not we're we're not going. We you can't prevent it. There's gonna be things that make you feel like that. Yeah. But what you can do is make yourself get out of it faster. Is what we mean. Mm -hmm. Sometimes sense? it's a natural like thing. Like you can like it's like you touch the stove and they tell you don't cry. Like, like any emotion, sadness, anger, those things are natural to feel. It's a mental reaction. I think what she's getting at too is the act of <coughs> Like you can prevent, like some people like, they make it, 
their lifestyle to just be in an emotional funk. You know what I'm saying? Like some people just, this is just how I'm gonna live my life until somebody notices me. Now that's preventable. That's like, cause you're choosing to stay in this state. Now the initial act of it is what you can't prevent. And depression isn't just tears and sorrow. And yeah. Oh, it's me. A lot of times it's how you view life. Mm -hmm. So you may not be crying and falling out all the time, but you become very cynical and your hope is gone. And so when people say, won't you try this, you automatically like, that's not going to work. I can't do this. Like that's a form of depression as well. There's so many different it's a big scope um, that you'll need that you uh, that you can cover as far as this is concerned. Yeah. But I'm glad that y'all are doing this because I think a lot of times we have dealt with depression and did not know it because right. mm -hmm. we we have a we have a shake it off mentality. Yeah. You know, remember when you your kid and you're playing ball or something, you fall or something like just shake it off and keep on going. We have that mentality, and it's some stuff you can't just shake off, yeah. and you don't know why it's still with you. And some of that happened when you were seven years old; it's still bothering you at twenty-three, mm -hmm. and you like, but you don't know that that's what it is. Yeah. You just mad at everybody. Just mad. Mm -hmm. you don't know how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good, like Pusey, it comes in all different, you know, different stages and situations with people. And that's that is why it's good that we have these different examples that we can go to the Bible because everybody's situation wasn't the same. There was different causes, like even Jesus. Everybody's depression wasn't over because they got to save mankind. You know what I'm saying? But that was Jesus' situation. And, and when he's going to God, you know, he's really in a, in a, in a state that we like, God, if there's any other way for this to happen, can we please do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, you know, so there's different causes. And what's, to you, like I was saying, pressures are real. There is different people out here. There are people, I used to say this all the time, there are people out here, that's why when I went through my situation, it helped me to understand that everybody has their own problems and it's real to them. Everybody's not gonna have cancer, but that doesn't mean nobody else is gonna be going through a hard time. There are people out here who kill themselves because their grades aren't good in school. Like that's really, that's a real thing for them though. Like people really get depressed over school so much and they feel so worthless that they kill themselves. To me, if I fail, I'll just take it again. Or you know what I'm saying, we'll, we'll go along, you know what I'm saying? But everybody's reality is different. You know what I'm saying? So you can't say what can cause what because there's different triggers. Like you said, something can happen with their parents growing up. They totally weren't good enough. So if they don't pass this grade, my parents told me I wasn't good enough. This is confirmation that I ain't good enough because I didn't do this. You see how that can go? So there's different stuff for different people. So I want to get go ahead and get into this. And we can read over, since everybody want to hear, let's read through Samuel. Uh, 2 Samuel 12, 15 through 23 again because I think there was some good stuff in this that we can uh, go through. Somebody want to read that for us? Uh, 12, verse 15 through 23. Okay. After Nathan went home, God afflicted the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and he came down sick. David prayed desperately to God for the little boy. He fasted, wouldn't go out, and slept on the floor. The elders in his family came in and tried to get him off the floor, but he wouldn't budge. Nor could they get him to eat anything. On the seventh day, the child died. David's servants were afraid to tell him. They said, what do we do now? While the child was living, he wouldn't listen to a word we said. Now if the child dead, if we speak to him, there's no telling what he'll do. Okay, so, uh, stop right there. Um, somebody explain, everybody knows the story of King David and why he was put in this position. Because mm -hmm. <coughs> of what he did with Bathsheba. 
you know, he had Uriah killed, which was Bathsheba's husband, because yeah. of the sin that he did with that. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, he took her as his wife, slept with her, they had a child. As a punishment for that consequence, the child died as a result. And, and this is see. his reaction to that situation. Mm-hmm. And we can see that David's in this situation, he's depressed. You know, he's in this state. But this situation right here, I think, is good because this is something that David brought upon himself. Mm-hmm. And this is how to deal with this situation when. You know, we have to reap what we sow. Some stuff happens to happens to us, and we feel like we didn't do anything to deserve it. But some stuff we know that this, you know, God told me this was gonna happen. I did this, and I have to pay for this. But that doesn't mean that you don't get depressed. And sometimes so, that can put us in depression. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, they know you messed up. So this is a good situation. I want to go through and see how he dealt with this and how he was what he did through his depression. So what verse were you on? Okay. David noticed that the servants were whispering behind his back and realized that the boy must have died. He asked the servants, is the boy dead? Yes, they answered, he's dead. David got up from the floor, washed his face and combed his hair, put on a fresh change of clothes and then went to the sanctuary and worship. Then he came home and asked for something to eat. They set it before him and he ate. His servants asked him, what's going on with you? While the child was alive, he fasted and wept and stayed up all night. Now that he's dead, you get up and eat. While the child was alive, he said, I fasted and wept, thinking God might have mercy on me and the child would live. But now that he's dead, why fast? Can I bring him back now? Can I go to him? No, I can go to him, but he can't come to me. That's So, um, somebody tell me what they get from this. Because they see the child, and they, they ask they asking a question like, while he was alive, you didn't, you know, while you're still alive, you didn't, you, you know, you wept and stuff, and now he's dead, now you're up and happy. So what, what do you, before, before I weave in, we explain this, or who gives this intake, what do y'all see from this? What do y'all see from this? Just from the aspect of him fasting and begging God and not talking to anybody, being in a depressed state, but after the thing that he was dreading, after it happens, he has a whole different Spears. Yeah, he has a whole different change now. Kinda like he didn't want it to happen, but he kinda hoped for the worst. You think he hoped for the worst? I think he was hoping for the, I think he was hoping for the best. But and I'll and I'll explain why I say that. Anybody else? Uh, I was just gonna say that I think it's he realized that it was a no instead of a yes, and so there was no reason for him to keep asking for something that he couldn't get a yes to. Oh, that was good. That was really good. So the reason I said that I think he was up for the best because he begged. He said he was praying fast and was begging God to spare his child. So he knew he knew that he was deserving of you know his son dying. He was told that it was gonna happen, but he still begged God. So he was still wanting for that to happen. But like Christian said, I think a good point for us to take is when we realize that what the answer is from God. The answer was no. A lot of times, God tell us no, but we act like we didn't get the answer. You know, we act like we don't know what the answer was. <laughs> there's comfort in realizing that, okay, God said no. So maybe there, there's a purpose for this. You know what I'm saying? And then he was like, so me fasting and praying now is not going to bring my child back to me. So why shall I continue in this wallowing and dwelling in this state? It's not going to fix it. So you see, his realization of that situation helped David get up out of that that depressed state. And then and then right. notice when he said that he, he, he was worshiping and fasting, 
he went to God in, in pleading for what he wanted. But at the same time, I think he made peace with himself knowing whatever you decide, you're still God, you're still Lord, and I still have to love and worship you and mm -hmm. honor and respect you. Yep. There's a, I think there's a different a way that we look at, you know, your perspective on your right. situation can change the outcome and how you deal with things. He, he pleaded with God. Mm -hmm. He did not receive what he wanted. And God is God. What he says is going ha to happen whether we like it or not. Now, whether we choose to accept and still, you know, he's still Lord. He's still sovereign. We still have to love and obey him. Mm -hmm. Just because it did not work out for us doesn't mean he's any less of a God. Yeah. And I think this is where the, the change happened in David. He's saying, why, why wallow in it? It happened. Let's, let's take from this. I learned my lesson. Let's move on. And I think that's a good lesson for us. And, and that's why I wanted to read this to show that there was a shift here in his, in his mind, in his mental mind, in his mindset. And so I thought that was just. A and I think it's important to point out, too, after this situation that seems unbearable, if you continue going, like you said, he continued to respect God and you know, realize who he was and gave him, you know, Gave him, gave God what he was due. You can see in twenty in twenty four, it says, "Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and slept with her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And David named his son Solomon. The Lord loved the child and sent word through Nathan, through Nathan the prophet that they should name his name him Jedidiah, which means beloved of the Lord, as the Lord had commanded. So God can still bless you after stuff like that. That gives us hope. That's what we have as Christians. That's the difference. When we go through these things, it's important that you don't." give up on God because that's not the end all be all. God has a plan for us and everything is always working and you can see since he stayed with God, God ended up blessing him with another child that he loved. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think that's an important message for us to continue to have and a thought for us to continue to have as we go through these situations. Even things that we bring up on ourselves and God punishes for that and we go through those stages even though he punished you through that, God is, he doesn't leave you. You're his child. So you get that punishment and you stay with him and you continue to grow in their relationship and understanding and he will bless you down the line. So when we're talking about like the non, um, not the chemical imbalance, mm -hmm. like the other situational depression, what determines that it's depression? Is it the long, the time, how long it is, what you do because of it? It's the don't get caught up in terms. Yeah. Right. Any form of set of low state is in that realm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So don't get caught up in the term of like a sadness and then depression is long term. Everything falls under that umbrella, but there's different levels. Think about it like that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like you may have you may be sad because somebody hurt your feelings. That's a level of depression, but it don't last for ten minutes. Right. Right. You get what I'm saying? There's different, yeah. there's different levels. Mm -hmm. And then that depression that we really talk about that kind of takes over your life. Yeah. Like when we was reading, it was like loss of appetite, thoughts of suicide, um, loss of interest in daily activities, insomnia. It consumes you. It consumes you. It takes over your whole, you can't even But if you don't deal with the little thing, yeah. it can become the, the big thing. And you want, it's hard to get out of bed if you don't deal with it quickly. And Go ahead. And I was going to say, that's why this right here is what we just read is so impactful because David, it showed how his spirit changed. He bounced back from, he was, he was depressed. He clearly said he was in despair and he was just, 
He prayed to God, please don't take my son. He fasted, he prayed. He did everything in his power to change God's mind. But the outcome, God had already made up in his mind what the outcome was going to be. But then when he was like, they was like, well, why are you you eating now? The child is dead now. Why you want to eat? He was like, well, I can't change the outcome. I can't change what God did. You know what I'm saying? There's there. It takes a strong person or a person that can realize that, okay, this is my situation. Let me not dwell in this and let me learn from it and move on. And I think that's why this is important how David now. It takes a strong relationship with with God to realize that. Real quick, that also shows how society can put, how can man tell you how to feel. Mm-hmm. Like they told him, you should be depressed now, not then. But God had a different, a different situation for that to create a mindset change for David. And when you, and, it, and oftentimes it's like that, the world won't understand. When you have a relationship with God and the way God works, everybody doesn't see that. That's why your relationship with God has to be very strong because God works with each and every one of us individually different. And your relationship has to be strong with you to understand the purpose and the things happening for your life. A lot of, like I said, a lot of depression, like I was talking about the different causes, a lot of that depression comes from just outward looking, looking how you think it should be happening and all this kind of stuff, what other people are telling you. That can be a cause of that. Focus on your relationship with God and get what he, you're supposed to be getting learned from that situation. That's very, that's very, very good. Yeah, uh, depression, it, it comes from perspective. Uh, how you look at things. Uh, sorrow, grief, that's part of life. Things happen. God made us to grieve, uh, uh, to sorrow. I said, God is sorrow, work it, repentance. Uh, but perspective, we, we sometimes we have to mourn. But we don't mourn as though we don't have hope. Depression is a state of hopelessness. Yes. Yeah. When you don't see any way out, you don't see you don't see any 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 uh, bright side anywhere, and so you're overtaken in this sense of of uh, whatever it is, guilt, grief, uh, mourning, sorrow, and there is no sense of God, no sense of hope, and so that's why you have to deal with this state of sadness according to the Bible. I'm talking about peace, joy. Uh, you have to direct your thoughts. Whatsoever things that are, are lovely, whatsoever things, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things of good report, honest, and things like that. Think on these things. And God will keep you. He'll keep you in that, that, that peace. And that's a lot of scriptures that deal with how to deal with our emotions and things like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and examples like our recovery that show people in a state of depression how God brings them out and how God talked to them. Remember Jeremiah? He was under that tree and uh, Jezebel was chasing him and he was like, what was me? God said, what you doing? I got a mission for you. Mm-hmm. Get up. You know, time to quit sorrow, let's go and yeah. so forth and so on. So, you know, the, the word of God gives us the strength. God's not giving us the spirit of fear, the spirit of depression, the spirit of, uh, of, of guilt and all those things. But he gives us the spirit, the spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. So we need to we need to tie into the spirit that God gives us through the spirit. And I think that's good because like what David said, like this is talking about like that level of depression like Uncle John was saying, like hopelessness and stuff like that. And I think, like, I don't know, like, um, 
he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, of but of power and stuff like that. But like all the things that he's saying, like God has not given us is the list of things that are in the hopelessness level of depression. Right. So, and you have to make sure that you really understand who you are in God. That's it. When you know, when you have that relationship, you it gives you that the right perspective, and you can see what's happening. Like with David here in this situation, David he understood what he did, and he had already gotten the verdict from Nathan, mm -hmm. so he already knew. All right, this kid is supposed to die because of what I did, and he repented in that moment, mm -hmm. and he made peace with it. But he still was like, "But I'm still gonna pray." Right. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes, I think a lot of us are in depression because there is no final answer. And I think that's what switched with David. When David got the final answer of no, he was like, okay, now I can move. Like that's how we were like with the baby last year. When, when Liv first went to the hospital, we didn't know we were pregnant. And so we went and they told us and they was like, we have to wait a week. We go to your doctor the next week and they'll tell you what's up. So we went to the doctor and he was like, okay, we're gonna have to monitor for a few weeks and we're gonna see, but there's still some hope. And then we waited a couple more weeks and he was like, okay, we're gonna have to do this again. And it ended up being like a four or five week process before we actually got the answer that we were gonna have to miscarry. But that four to five weeks was like, Ugh. Just to just say it's not gonna happen, so we can you know we can mourn and we can move on. But but not knowing what was going on is what was driving us crazy. So how did you bounce back? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I bounced back once we got the final answer. Once the final answer was miscarriage, we were able to go. Okay, God, you know, we God's will be done. We mourned for it. We took, you know, it was hard for for a while, but we were able to bounce back from it because we understood what God was doing. But when you didn't know what was happening, that's what was driving. That's crazy. So can I ask? A, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Um, how do you maintain your Christy? or your your what in that in that state? Yeah, How do you keep that mm -hmm. in yeah. that? Go that's ahead. a good question because we all go through that all the time. Mm -hmm. There's always a waiting period. Mm -hmm. I don't care wait for a blessing. I don't care wait for a change. That waiting period. I don't know. I don't know what my my, my cancer gonna do to me. Yeah, that is in his latter years now. And you know his mental faculties is not as sharp. Mm -hmm. He don't know. He don't know. Am I gonna keep going down? Sometimes I feel good. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel good. Then sometimes you look at so that that level. What did you do? Yeah. What are you doing that? In the waiting, and you don't know what the verdict is. How you what's going next? And that, how do you wait on? How do you do it? I, and I just say it like this: You do it all the same way. You got to let go, and you let God. What's that prayer of serenity? Uh, do not the things that you cannot change. Lord, Lord I accept the things that I do cannot change. Lord, I don't know about heart, but I know what you're talking about. Help me. Grant me serenity for the things I cannot change. Accept. Help me to accept what I can't change. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I got it somewhere here. Lord, help me to accept the things I cannot change. Help me, give me the strength to change the things that I can. Uh -huh. And wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. There are some things you can change in the waiting period. That's some things yeah. you can change. Your, and there's some things you can't control attitude. in the waiting period. And there's some things you can control in the waiting period. But there's some things you can't. Right. So, you know, you let me let me accept what I can. Mm -hmm. 
And then, so I, I, call, I just call it letting go and letting God. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and what does that look like, though? I don't feel like sometimes, like I know in our waiting period, there were, you had to be willing. There were times where we needed to be by ourselves mm -hmm. and just talk to God directly. Mm -hmm. And then there were other times when you need to come with people yeah. and talk to them. Like there, were, there was a period of time where we dealt with it. Then there was a period of time where we came to Daddy and them. And then we came to you all and we all prayed together. And it's all, and you have to be strategic in when that time is. Because if I would have came to y'all at the wrong time, I wasn't able to be able to heed God the counsel. Mm -hmm. But if, so you have to be able to be wise in okay, when do I? When is this a me time? When is this a congregational time? Y'all know it was months before I even said anything to the congregation as a whole, because you had you need you have to do it at the right moments. And I think um, that's good, like being still. Physically, it's kind of what you're saying, but mentally too, I feel like um, sometimes we choose to make the outcome for our own selves. Like if yeah. you would have decided Lydia. for yourself, you and Lydia, like I, this isn't happening. Like this is a no. Y'all probably would have been in a much yeah. deeper Deep depression, depression than you were just letting God. It is important. There's so much stuff you can learn in a waiting period. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. one of the biggest things I learned about when I was sick. And just the things that I'm going through in life now, like with your purpose and trying to find this kind of, and I've dealt with this more recently. And I, and I have and I have a song that I think Pooh even heard the song. I've, I've been writing. There's a there's a thing that you have when you're a Christian and you find your purpose in life, but you know you want to dedicate yourself to this, but you're not there yet, and you're waiting, and you get so anxious in this time of this, you start trying to make things happen, and it's like I know I'm a Christian. And I know I'm supposed to have patience and wait on you, but I, why do I still feel impatient? Those are difficult times, and those are the times when I, and I, like I said, I had it to myself, then I went to my dad to get wise counsel. He's like, during these times, these are the times right now that you need to focus on. You need to get right with God right now. You need to practice the things that you can control so that when it is time to fulfill your purpose, that you're ready for that and you know what God wants you to do. Don't waste that time being depressed or caught up in the anxiousness because that's not going to fix anything. That's a state of mind that can really get you down. you got to pray to keep you down. And it'll, then you'll be discouraged. Yeah, you'll be discouraged. you got to make sure you stay with God and read His Word and, and know, use that time. And that's what the and again, I keep saying let go and let God. That's that's the thing about it. Sometimes we think it's it's about us. Yeah, that's it. And why is this happening to me? And how I'm going to handle this? Mm -hmm. Well, God is in control. He's strategically uh, ordering things in your life. The steps mm -hmm. of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. He's ordering things in your life. He's letting the th some things happen. Uh, to you, uh, that's going to be for your benefit. There's some things you need to learn about yourself. There's some things you need to learn about him, like Job, when he was going through his way. And God has got it, so it's not going to consume you, it's not going to kill you, but it's going, you're going, you're going, you've got to go through it to get to that next level of where God is putting you in your life, in, his, in your ministry, in your relationships, all of that is because uh, of what you're going through. So you got to let go and let God, let God do what he does. As Pooh said, you begin to seek him in different ways. 
you begin to seek counsel from godly people, things such as that. Uh, you establish new relationships that if this never happened, you would have never had that type of relationship. David has a, a, a great following in his ministry of cancer. Uh, Pooh has a testimony about the things he's gone through. I have testimonies of things that I've gone through with my family, with my, with my wife, with my job, and stuff like that where I was in limbo. But I would never know what I know and know him like I know him now if it had not been for those things. And even at the church, as a congregation, sometimes we have limbo, we don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But you, you, you trust God, you got to learn that. And as a leader, you really have to learn that. Mm -hmm. Let go. Mm -hmm. Let God, you just keep doing what God tells you to do and, and just trust Him uh, to, and, to be true to His work. And faith is a very key, uh, important key component in all of this because faith, although these people, David and all these people, they had some pretty hard things, faith in God and His promises and His plan, all this worked out, the loss of His child, because who came next after His child died? Solomon, who became king of Israel? Solomon, who built the temple? Solomon. There are things that God put strategically and planned that strategically. I don't know what she said. <laughs> and, and that we will we can't see. There's a realm of spiritual things working that we will never see and understand. And that's why, you know, when it talks about all things work to the good of them that love the Lord that are called according to his purpose. First of all, you have to really know who get in relationship with him in order for that statement to really ring true in your life because you know he could have David could have gave up you could have gave up and then you wouldn't have Lizzie on the way you could have said well we're not just ever gonna have no kids and the fact that you kept trying there was hope that yeah. it's gonna happen for us one day and I think that's the important part for us is that hope factor and not letting that you know, because in order to make the next step, you have to hope that the next step is going to work. Like you had to, you had hope that this will work out for y'all, that you, you have come hope to, You have hope to you here no. Yeah. You have hope to you here no. A lot of us, like I said, the, the waiting period is what messes us up mm -hmm. because we don't know if it's going to be yes or no. And so because we're afraid of hearing no, that's what freaks us out. But until no happens, until God says it's not going to happen, it can still happen. And, and so, that's what David like, kept to, That's what hope is. Hope is he hasn't said no yet. Right. So he may still say yes. That's what that's that's what hope is. Mm -hmm. And I think we need. Sometimes I think I think we forget what we have access to. There's some terms that we utilize all the time, but we don't realize that they're spiritual terms. The fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, long suffering, temperance, faith, all that kind of stuff. And we just use those terms loosely. But fruit of the Spirit is love. We're the only ones that can truly know how to love because that's a spiritual gift. Yeah. We don't think about it like that. We just think about love is, you know, I love you, you love me, we're the only family. But it's a spiritual something that directly comes from God. Joy. That's something that directly comes from God. Meaning that no matter what's going on around, no matter what's happening around you, this spiritual gift thrives. So even though everybody else is depressed around you, you have access to joy. You have a monopoly on joy as a Christian. Peace. Country folks say your spirit get light. Yeah, you know what I mean? 
but we don't think about that spiritual. It's a spiritual thing, gift that we have. So this is what I would encourage you to do. You got to make sure that you are feeding the spirit, because the spirit is what's gonna what's gonna thrive in the midst of when you're trying to survive. Are y'all finding? Y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so you have to. If you're not feeding, because the Bible says this. The Bible says, "He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty." So if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, then you'll abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Wherever he goes, you live there. But you have to be there already. You can't be the storm. You can't be outside in the storm and then try to find shelter. You need to already be in your house. And so we got to put ourselves in a position to where we're already under God's wing. We're already in his care. And that spiritual aspect, when he gave us the Holy Spirit in baptism, he gave us love, joy, peace. He gave it to us, and we have it. That's why he says he hasn't given the spirit of fear but of power. So my question is, what do we do with it? Why do we? Why when things happen in life, we throw the spiritual gifts out? That's the first I thing we know, do. know, right? Yeah, I really thought about that's what we do. Man, I'm not happy anymore. You literally threw your spiritual gift out the window. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good point for us to realize as Christians, the reason we're doing this is because we're not... Because we know these things are gonna come, so we're trying to get you in the house right now. Make sure that you make sure that you understand where the house is. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to make sure you know this is this this. We give you the directions to the house and to get in there before all this stuff comes. You know, yeah. the storms come, and if you're in the house, you know that's we're good. We're safe. Don't worry about the regular like rain. But every now, every once in a while, a tornado comes in your life. That threatens the foundation of your house. Mm -hmm. Now the question is, do you have a storm cellar? Yeah. You need you need that extra something that you can get to. So my storm cellar may be this circle. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The tornado comes. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I can come to my circle. And that's exactly what I did in my life. I went to my circle. I went to my my immediate family. And I said, this is what's going on, and we need y'all. Yeah. That was my storm shelter. That's my storm shelter. Mm -hmm. But you don't need that. Every situation doesn't need a prayer meeting. Right. Some situations is just light rain. It's overcast. Mm -hmm. You know, so you, as long as you're in the house, you're good. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of us live our life. Right. But we're trying to prepare you for when Katrina comes. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. So we, we talked about this. And we go before we go, we're going to read over the next one. We're going to go to 1 Kings 19. We're not reviewing that. <laughs> no, we're not. We don't. Yes, y'all keep it. Just wanna, a lot of these I encourage y'all to just read on your own. First King Will. Uh, First King 19 4. It just kind of shows the state of mind. Okay. Oh, yeah, we got one, man. Can I read starting? This is literally what I'm here saying. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And before we move on, you know, spare time. Did you know we was talking about the songs and stuff? Kennedy, Carson, actually. Me? Just in your spare time, read these psalms that I mentioned up front because they just shows his state of mind in a lot of the situations he went through when he was in battle, when he lost his child, when he lost, actually when he lost his children. Um, just kind of his psalms shows a lot of his, his state of mind and what he was actually thinking and feeling. Um, David, psalms, I wrote some psalms up here. Psalms 51 directly relates to the chapter that you're reading right now. If you read Psalms 51, it's literally he wrote this while this chapter was happening. Yeah. That we're reading right now in 2 Samuel. When this all happened, David went and wrote Psalms 51. Yeah. So if you want to 
do a direct correlation. So basically, he like he like kept he journaled. He was like, "This is how he felt." So if you really want to get deep into me, how he, how he knew, yeah, me how he felt, read these songs on your spare time because they really are impactful. All right, so let's read through First Kings nineteen four. Just to have it in our mind before we go. Um, Okay, it says, then he went, it says, this is talking about Elijah. Elijah. Mm -hmm. It says, then he went on. Sorry, sorry, okay. It said, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. And, okay, so this is important here. A lot of this stuff, the backdrop, is important. And that's I left that kind of stuff out on purpose. Because that's going to, I want y'all to go study this stuff. I want y'all to go read. I, I gave this only this specific verse because it just showed his state of mind. But there's a whole story that happened prior to this that got him in that state. And that's where, because next week I'm going to ask y'all. So I want y'all to go home and I want y'all to read the backdrop of why he got to this state of mind. Because like we say, a lot of things are sectional. There are triggers. Things happen in your life that cause you to be in this state sometimes. So um, we don't have to, we're going to leave off right here. When y'all go home, please go back and read the backdrop of First Kings 19.4.